Once upon a time, we were told that we needed to eat fat-free or have a very low-fat diet in order to be healthy. Well, we found out that that wasn't entirely true. It wasn't the full picture. Fast forward to today, we're being told to eat keto fat bombs and high-fat diets in order to lose belly fat and to lose weight. Well, what's going on here? What is the truth? What do fats do when I eat them? What is happening in my body? Well, let's discuss the best practices for eating fats in the most nutritious and balanced way. It's all about fat today, so stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restricted food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello and welcome back. So after a little holiday delay with some different topics to cover, we are actually finishing our little mini-series on the macronutrients. We've covered carbohydrates and proteins, and today we'll do our final macronutrient, and that is fat. So we're all about fat today. So I'll tell you, this is my third attempt at recording this podcast because... There's so many details, and I want you to have information, but I know you're probably driving down the street, you know, sitting in front of a notebook with a pencil, writing this all out. So I don't want to give you too much detail. I want to just give you an understanding of fats, what they are, what they do, why we need them, how to make good decisions regarding fats, all without being newly restricted to some rules. But I keep considering which things to add and which things to not, and this is going too deep and blah, blah. So I'm just going to let this roll. We'll just see what comes out of my mouth. I don't even know at this point. I have way too many notes here to cover. So I think what's most pertinent to you in your life is that there are just so many questions out there. There's so much confusion surrounding the fat that you eat, which is called dietary fat. And how are you supposed to know what's true? You're being told on one hand that low fat is important. You're also seeing all these recipes for high fat foods and hey, this gets rid of your body fat and specifically your belly fat. And as usual, you know, we just went through all this with carbohydrates and protein. You're just going to get a lot of conflicting and false information through your social media feeds, through your email inboxes. And what is it that you need to know that will just benefit you without overwhelming you. All right, so we're going to attempt it. We'll just see how it goes. Please just forgive me if this comes out all convoluted, but um, I'm doing my best. There will be in the future, incidentally, a nutrition program that's online that you can go through with much more detail, but that won't be for a while. And also that will only be for people who've gone through other foundational things and getting the mindset right with eating and not being enslaved to food rules and um, all of the other things that are the more important aspect of what I'm trying to get across. But I think it's important for you to have nutrition information and not only the science of it and the research of it, but how your body works. 
in regard to these different macronutrients so that you have a foundation for making your decisions. Does that actually make sense with the way the body works? Should I believe that piece of information? It'll just give you a little more foundation and a little more with to measure this stuff. So, okay. What do I want to say to you? Let's see. Well, I just, I'll start off with a funny example because back in the 80s, we were told all the time that we needed to be fat-free. Our diets should be fat-free or at least very low fat. And so we all tried to live that way, thinking we were going to lose weight, we were going to be healthier. And so this magical, wonderful product appeared on the shelves, and it was fat-free. And it was Snackwell's Fat-Free Chocolate Chip Cookies. And they were crispy and delicious and Mm, so good. And they were just these little mini, you could probably pop like five in your mouth just to get one bite. So good, so innocent, so healthy because they're fat free, right? Obviously, you know, from my sarcasm, that is very incorrect. But I, as a younger person with no nutritional information in my head whatsoever, looking at the newest diet fad, and of course, jumping on that like I did on every other nutrition fad, I would just chow down on those and think I was being healthy because, hey, they're fat-free. Who cares that they're full and full and full of sugar and refined carbohydrates, which incidentally has to happen. So if you take out one macronutrient, it has to be replaced with another. And if you take out something that has bulk or moisture, it's going to be replaced by a, a highly refined carbohydrate like a sugar to replace that bulk, that moisture, those properties that are now missing, the taste, or even just to cover up the lack of fat in the taste. So we'll get a little further into why that was actually probably more problematic than just eating a cookie um, with fat in a little while. Unless I forget to get back to it because like I said, I'm just going to fly here and see what happens. So again, As always, please hear me. I am not intending for this podcast or any of these nutrition information podcasts to become the new diet rules, the new restrictions, the new bondage. I am not laying down the new order here. It's simply a way of getting you the nutrition information that I think benefits you in your decision-making so you can understand how the body works, how these macronutrients affect your body, what they do, and maybe what the best practices are for the most healthful outcomes. It doesn't mean that, say you find out a particular food isn't as healthy as another, that you can't eat it. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. It's just that if you have the information, it just means that you get to make your own decisions about your health with correct nutrition information. And that is what I want to give to you, not new restrictions and rules. Okay. I also want to help you find ways of maybe applying some new information that you haven't heard before in a way that won't upend your whole world or that will give you a massive backlash because now we're restricting this or changing that, but just a sustainable way, little steps that you can take towards your health. Let's get back to fats then. So in order to answer your questions about what fats do in your body, let's just start with what are fats? What are fats? Now, I'm talking about dietary fats right now, and it's a little confusing because the term fat 
we use for both the fat you eat and the fat you store in your body. So I'll try and be very clear about which I'm talking about at what time. I'm mostly in this entire podcast going to be talking about dietary fats or the fats you eat. But I will talk just for a minute about the fat that we store in our bodies. So again, dietary fat is one of those three macronutrients that we've been talking about. We have carbohydrates, we have proteins, and we have fats. And macronutrient just means a food source of energy or fuel for your body. And there are just the three of them. Now, again, I've mentioned before, alcohol is a high energy source as well, but it doesn't have any other nutrients in it. So it's not considered a macronutrient. So I don't really go into it because all it does is to provide a really good jolt of energy to you that you probably aren't using in that moment. Um, If you think about what you're doing, if you're drinking alcohol, it's probably not you know, getting some exercise. Um, So just keep in mind that that does provide a lot of energy. It's not considered one of the macronutrients. So fat is the last of our macronutrients that we're going to discuss. And its main function, of course, is to provide energy to your body, just like the other macronutrients. However, what's interesting about fat is that if you were to take somehow, a minuscule gram of carbohydrate, a gram of protein, and a gram of fat. Somehow you're able to just separate one gram of each. And you were to eat the gram of fat, you would be getting more than twice the amount of energy from that gram than you would from either of the other two grams, either of carbohydrates or proteins. So what that means is bite for bite, the higher fat foods are going to have a lot more energy provided for your body than if you were to eat the protein or the carbohydrates. But that doesn't mean we want to vilify fats or be afraid of fats because they are very important for your body. And they're part of the good gift that God provided in food for us. And he knows what he's doing. He didn't just make a mistake and say, oh, I forgot to take that fat out before the people were created. No, they have a very, very important function or multiple functions in our body. So we don't want to strip them from our diets. We don't want to be afraid of them. We absolutely need dietary fats for health. So let's talk about how your body uses fat when you eat it, those dietary fats. So when you eat a fat-rich food or any amount of fat in your food, actually, Your body breaks it down so it can use it as needed. You heard the same with the carbohydrates. You heard the same with the protein. Fat is just molecules of carbon, oxygen, hydrogen. Now, there's a little more to it once they all form their structures in the way that they're carried. But basically, what you need to know is that when you eat a fat, it's broken down into these elements that are used for your body for energy. Now, Just like the other macronutrients, if we're not using up all of that energy that we're eating, it's converted into fat in the body, which is just storage energy. So it can be used later when we aren't eating enough and we need energy. So even though all macronutrients do that, dietary fat actually does it a little more smoothly. It's a little easier to convert to that stored energy form because it doesn't have to go through so many changes to get there. But there are other roles for dietary fat than just providing energy. For one, 
The fat that you eat actually helps you or allows you to absorb certain vitamins that your body desperately needs. You probably have heard the term fat-soluble vitamins. So there are just some vitamins that if you don't, for some reason, have any fat in your diet, you won't be able to absorb them and use them. You've probably heard of vitamin A. I'm sure you've heard a lot about vitamin D. And so you know these are important, and there are others as well. But just think, if you somehow could possibly strip all the fat from your diet, you wouldn't be getting these very important vitamins into your body for use. So you can see already the importance of fat. Also, just as I mentioned with proteins, there are some essential proteins or essential amino acids, meaning your body needs you to eat them because it can't make them out of other things in your body. Well, there are fats or fatty acids that your body cannot make and you must eat them and your body needs them. So if you're not eating fats, you're certainly not eating your essential fats or essential fatty acids. And then another interesting function that would make you not want to give up eating fat is that when you eat a fat in your food, it helps to slow down the digestion. So that means you feel fuller longer. You're not hungry for a longer period of time, and it makes you feel satisfied, or sometimes we use the word satiated. And then on top of that, when those fats are broken down in your intestine, they send signals to your brain telling you you've had enough to eat. I'm satisfied. So it's kind of that nice one-two punch. Not only is it taking longer for food to digest, but it's also sending those brain signals that you've had enough food. If we are working on learning how to eat in that body-led way that I always talk about, eating based on your hunger cues that God gave you and your fullness cues that God gave you, then this works perfectly and fat actually can self-regulate and self-balance in that way. Because if I'm eating food that has a higher energy level because it has more fat, but that fat makes me feel fuller longer and then I don't eat as much other things, then it's kind of a zero-sum game, or it can be. But that really does require relearning how to eat based on our internal cues. And incidentally, if you need help with that, you can just go over to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, there is a blue box, a blue form for you to fill out. And you can get a free ebook called Three Steps to Guilt-Free Eating, where you can learn how to practice that and relearn eating based on your body-led signals, okay? So you can head on over, grab that, or I should say sign up for that. It'll be delivered to your email box. Okay, so that's what happens when you eat fat. Let's talk about, just for a minute, I said I was going to talk about dietary fat and then body fat. Let's just pop over to that other category for just a minute and talk about the fat in your body. Fat in our body, which we all just love so very much. So many of us, we, we just don't appreciate. We're just not appreciating our body fat because we just think of it as, you know, that stuff that gives me the shape I don't want or that stuff that makes the number on the scale higher than I like. But it is really a very important part of our bodies and our diet. So maybe this will help you start to appreciate and be fascinated by this particular kind of body tissue and the genius of it. First of all, let's talk about your brain. Fat is 
important for your brain structure and your brain function. So what that means is really your entire body is reliant to some degree on fat because your brain function is controlling everything else. So there you go. Yay, fat. (laughs) In fact, every cell in your body, and you have trillions and trillions of cells in your body, every one of those cells has a membrane, a cell membrane, and that's made up of a lot of fat. So again, yay, fat. Fat's very important and necessary in your body. And on top of this, Fat in, fat in your body isn't just this lump of yellow stuff sitting there. It's actually active. It's doing things. It has its own function. Fat actually releases hormones. It's a part of the immune system function. So it's very interesting, actually. Fat is, um, incidentally, it's called adipose tissue. So if you ever hear it referred to that way, it's just that body fat. Fat also insulates the body, so it helps to regulate your body temperature, and that's very, very important. It's very, very important. It also cushions your organs, like, say, your kidneys, which is another critically important role. It's helping to protect some of these organs. So again, let us learn to appreciate the great, wonderful gift of body fat. Um, We would appreciate it if we ran out of food for a while because then we'd still have an energy store. So that's the general idea of what fat is, what fat does when you eat it, and the fat that's inherent in your body already that is being used in your body. But now let's get into the more practical information I think is really what you would want to use. Um, Okay, this is where I keep getting tripped up because I'm trying to make mental categories so that when you're driving down the street or taking your walk or on the treadmill or, you know, doing your house work, you can picture the categories in your head without getting too complicated. So let's just take two categories. One, we're going to call, or you've heard, I'm sure, saturated fats. The other is unsaturated fats. All right, let's look at saturated fats first. Saturated fats are those that come from animal foods primarily. So when you're having meat and you can see the marbling in it or you know the fat around the edges, when you're having poultry and you see the chunk of chicken fat or the skin, um, egg yolks, any dairy products that have any amount of fat in them at all. These are saturated fats. The way you can best identify a saturated fat is that at room temperature, sitting on your counter, it is a solid. It's not a liquid. It's a solid. Now I will say Southern Florida, mm, I'd say a stick of butter on my counter might not be as solid as a stick of butter on your counter if you live in the North, but in general, it's, it's still considered, it's pretty solid. It's just, it's just soft and gooey solid. Um, so mostly animal fats are saturated fats. Um, however, there are a couple plant fats that are saturated And again, you can identify these because they're solid at room temperature. And those would be your coconut oil, those tropical oils like palm, palm kernel. So those are saturated fats. So that all goes in that category. 
saturated fat category. Let's put that aside for a minute. And then let's talk about the unsaturated fat category. So you can imagine the unsaturated fat category is generally not solid at room temperature. It's usually liquid, like oils. And generally, sat unsaturated... Uh-huh. See, if I mess up, I'm going to mess up your mental picture. So let me say that again. Unsaturated fats typically come from plants. Your vegetable oils, olive oil, peanut oil, avocado oil, canola oil. But it also is found in things you might not think of like avocados or nuts and seeds. Those are all plant-based Um, fats, and they are oils or unsaturated fats. Okay. So again, there's a little, there's a little crossover where we did have, you know, some plants were saturated, those tropical oils, the coconut oil, the palm, palm kernel. And there's actually an unsaturated fat um, from animals and it's fish oil. Okay. Did that just mess up your mental categories? I crossed over, I crisscrossed. I shouldn't do that. Okay. So what do you, really mainly need to know about these. I'm trying to try and stay out of the weeds, but what I want you to know is that in general, research has definitely shown that saturated fats, if you have a lot of those animal saturated fats, um, you know, the bacon, the red meats, the butter, creams, ice cream, um, high fat, anything like that, your risk for heart diseases and cardiovascular diseases does correlate. It does, it is associated with a higher risk. Let me put it like that. So I'm not saying that you will, you know, you're going to eat a piece of bacon, you're going to have a heart attack. No, I'm saying that when you have a lot more saturated fats in your diet regularly, you are at higher risk for cardiovascular disease, according to a lot of research, actually. Okay. Whereas those unsaturated, we're going to the other category now, go to the other mental category. Um, The unsaturated fats, the plant oils and the nuts and seeds, avocados, those are not associated with that same risk of disease. In fact, they kind of can fight against it in some ways. So it's very interesting. So again, I am not wanting to leave you with a little, oh no, I can't have animal fats at all or make some new rule or regimen. Not what we're doing here. This is just information because nothing's off limits. Nothing's off limits. It's just a matter of you taking the correct information and being able to make some decisions. Let's uh, maybe, here's something I wasn't doing before. Let's take a scenario and walk through it. Okay, I go to my doctor for my annual checkup and get my lab work done, which I tend to forget to do for many, many months. Don't do what I do. Get your lab work done. It's, it tells so much about your health. Okay, so I get my lab results back and I see that um, my total cholesterol is high, my bad or LDL cholesterol is high, my triglyceride levels are all high. Um, okay, so I'm going, I don't want to you know, deprive myself of foods, but I definitely want to clean this up. You know, I don't, I don't want to keep aging with this increasing and getting higher and higher and putting me at, um, cardiovascular risk. 
So I might come home and start working to replace some of those saturated fats with unsaturated. For example, in a baked good, I have found that if, depending on the baked good, let's say mm, something bready or like mm, cakey bready, that kind of a thing versus the crispy, something like that, I can absolutely replace, take out the butter and I can use an oil. And I specifically like to use the light version, the light colored olive oils. They don't have the flavor of the extra virgin, um, which might not work in something like a baked good, you know, as far as the food science of it goes and the quality and the texture and all of the baking properties, you can replace that very easily. And I promise you will not miss it. You will not miss it. Now, can you do that with something that needs to hold its shape and have a crisp to it, like a cookie? Well, no, but you know that's just a good example of maybe one thing I would do. Another thing I would do is as I'm sauteing my vegetables or something, I wouldn't use butter. I would use some olive oil, regular olive oil. I would use some extra virgin olive oil. I would use and do use avocado oil too because I think it is super yummy and um, maybe something like that. So what I'm doing is I'm just tweaking, getting rid of some of my saturated fat levels for some plant oils or maybe some nuts and seeds or some actual avocado instead of cream in a in a dish or instead of a butter, or instead of a lard, or a um, shortening. I hope this is still nice and clear in your head. This is why I have to keep starting over. This, there's a lot of detail here. But in general, I'm trying to get rid of some of my saturated fats and replace them with some of those plant fats because that is shown to help that cardiovascular risk, that bad cholesterol, the total cholesterol, the um, triglyceride levels. Now you can decide how you want to do it. I wouldn't recommend coming home and throwing out every bit of saturated fat and just laying down the law and saying, from now on, we're, you know, we're not having 1% milk anymore. We're only drinking almond milk. Um, you're going to have a revolt. It's not the way to sustain health. It's not going to last. Step by step, that's how we do this here, okay? I think... That's a good place to kind of leave that, I hope. Um, I'm not being objective at this point because I have too much in my head with this. But we'll just leave it at that. Please, if you want to know more or if, if I'm just missing something very important, go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com. You'll scroll down. You'll see a section where you can do comments for the podcast or questions for the podcast. You can even record them and have them play on the podcast. So take advantage of that if there's something I'm not getting to that you're really curious about. There is um, something I definitely want to talk about here, though. I want to talk about coconut oil. Um, and the reason is because apparently, apparently, coconut oil is you know, the new Windex from my big fat Greek wedding. It can just fix everything. It's a panacea for absolutely everything. Any illness, any amount of weight loss, any health condition. Well, we'll just smear some coconut oil. No, you know, let's try and smear it across America. See if that helps. I don't know. But coconut oil is not this magic pill, this magic wand. 
I like coconut oil for some things. I don't like it for other things, nutritionally speaking. So coconut oil is an interesting thing. As I mentioned, it's one of the only plant fats that are saturated. And I did mention that saturated fats are very strongly related to cardiovascular disease risk. However, coconut oil research is very new and it is very unclear. But what it's starting to hint at possibly is that that particular saturated fat doesn't increase the cardiovascular risk to the same degree at all, to the same degree as the animal-based saturated fats. So I'm watching the research as it gets clearer, um, it, it takes time. Nutrition research takes time. Um, but as it gets clearer and clearer, as more studies are done and, and done and summarized and um, meted through, then we might have a clearer picture of coconut oil. In the meantime, I think the safest practice for coconut oil is this. It is a very highly saturated fat. I mean, very highly saturated. It's got more saturated fat than butter or even way more than lard, you know? So it has properties in it that do help with certain textures and properties of baking. So I would use it in that context. Until there's more research that's completed over time, I would still not opt for that over and olive oil, which is a fantastic oil, canola oil, which people are afraid of for some reason, but it that has an amazing um, nutrition profile. It even has um, some omega-3 in it, which we'll get to. Um, avocado oil. So I would always use those first. If I was needing the texture and function of a saturated fat, um, I would probably, depending on the flavor I was looking for, try coconut oil in that context, you know, instead of a shortening or whatnot. But I'm not comfortable enough to either use or recommend coconut oil in the extreme ways I'm seeing. It's not, it's not like this magic pill that's going to cure all the problems. So I just wanted to mention coconut oil because I don't know what it is about coconut oil. It's just like the newest bandwagon. Everyone loves it. Um, and I want you to have some kind of balance there, something to weigh that against. So again, it's it's not horrible, and well, none of the fats are horrible, um, and it's not the best thing ever. It has its place, but let's patiently watch. How's that? We'll leave it there. Okay. Now, the other tip I want to leave you with is this. Red meats do usually have higher saturated fat content than a white meat or poultry. Now, that is a generalization. I can go to the store and buy very, very lean ground beef and at the same time, a very fatty ground turkey. So in that context, what I just said is not true. But in general, in general, red meats do usually have higher amounts of saturated, that animal saturated fat than white meats. So consider that when you're choosing your meats. And again, it's not that I don't ever want to eat red meat. I, I still eat it. I just don't eat a lot of it. Like I, we used to eat a lot more red meat, a lot more, you know, ground beef. It was easy to cook up in meals when my kids were young. I don't do that as much. Um, 
and I, I actually don't eat even as much meat as I used to because I'm trying out and enjoying and finding the nutrition and health benefits of more of the um, protein, the plant proteins, as I mentioned in the protein podcast. Okay, that's an aside. Oh, well, sorry. I told you, we're just going where we're going today. I just, I just have so much I want to share with you. I want you to I want you to be well. I want you to enjoy your food and I want you to you know slowly systematically work towards sustainable health if that is your desire. And then now I want to talk to you about something I know you've heard of omega. Omega-3 omega-3 fatty acids. Um the omega-3 is not the only omega fatty acid. We have 6, there's 9, you know, but omega-3 is the one you're hearing a lot about. Remember, we have our two categories. We have our saturated category and our unsaturated category. Well, the omega-3 fatty acids fit under the unsaturated. You're most likely going to find these, or most abundantly going to find these in fish. Um, and that's why a lot of people have fish oil supplements. Um, the fatty fishes, the cold water fatty fish, like salmon, spectacular, mackerel, cod, haddock, um, those are, have a good, uh, sardines, those have a very beneficial fat in them called an omega-3 fatty acid. And so one of the reasons that I don't eat as much meat as I used to is I'm actually eating more fish. So the recommendation right now, which I like, is to try and get fish twice a week. Some of those cold water fatty fish. I'm not by nature a fish person or seafood person, um, but I do like the white fish, like the cod and the haddock, and so that's fine. But I have acclimated to now enjoy salmon. And remember, I've said several times that your taste uh, can change. Your preferences for flavors can change as they can adapt as you work with them and 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 practice eating certain foods and introduce different foods. They can absolutely adapt to like and prefer different things. So I like to take advantage of that. If I don't like something at first, I won't just quit then. And I recommend you don't quit then. If you know it has some benefits you want, keep trying it. Keep trying it. Try in different ways. You don't have to just have it plain. You know, you can you can dress it up. You're still going to get the benefits of that omega-3 fatty acid. There are a couple plant sources of omega-3 fatty acid, which are also wonderful, like flax seeds or flaxseed oils, um, English walnuts. And so trying to incorporate some more of those into your life. Now, I myself am not a flaxseed oil fan. And, and I've tried to use it many times. I've tried to make like salad dressings out of it or replace something with that. I don't like the flavor, but I can absolutely put some in a smoothie. I can absolutely put flax seeds in my smoothie. And so just trying to be creative and find ways of getting some omega-3 into your life. I am not a big um, supplement promoter in general. Like I'm talking to you, you're not my client right now. I don't know your health profile. I don't know your labs. I don't know your diet. And so I'm not going to usually say, oh, everybody go have, you know, vitamin C supplement. I, I don't do that. And I don't believe in that. And I think that's not a good practice, but I will say in general, in general, most Americans 
could use some more of the omega-3 fatty acids in their diet. So I don't really have a problem with um, people just going out and getting a good source of omega-3 fatty acid in a supplement, such as a fish oil, even a flaxseed oil. I will say for your flaxseed and flaxseed oils, keep them in the fridge because those kinds of polyunsaturated fats are... <laughs> I wasn't going to throw that word in there for you to confuse you, but it's a kind of... We're still in this unsaturated fat category. Um, and so those particular kinds can get rancid pretty quickly. So we keeping those in the fridge, keeping them dark, um, so we don't let light and moisture get at them. So keep them fresh. Okay. Am I even on a path here? I don't even know. Let's see. What else can I tell you? One thing also I should point out, even though there are different levels of nutrition with different fats, no fat has less energy than the others. Okay. So even though I'm kind of touting the wonderfulness of the unsaturated fatty acids or unsaturated fats. They don't have less energy. They don't have less calories. So I don't want you to have that false expectation. Whereas if you replace your saturated animal fats with some other unsaturated fat, that that lessens the energy level or the calorie level. It doesn't. They all have the same. They're all fats. They're all very energy rich. Um, but that's not a bad thing because as we as we learned, that can make you fuller longer. It can tell your brain that you've had enough to eat longer. And there are many, many necessities and benefits of fat. Something I wanted to mention that I had talked about in the intro was keto fat bombs. So again, there was a time we were told to eat fat-free and then low fat, and now suddenly we're being told to eat high fat from all your social media feeds. And that would include the keto diet with snacks of something they like to call keto fat bombs. So let me just break this down a little bit in case you haven't actually heard what this is. So the keto diet is where people are trying to put themselves in a state where instead of using that glucose for the energy within all your cells, it's instead breaking down the fat and using something called ketones or ketone bodies instead of that. I am absolutely going to do a podcast on it so you can really understand what it is, what it's not, if there are benefits, if there are risks, you know, just to break that down. But from my experience watching people do this, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding in it. A lot of people are just kind of eating their regular meals also, but then they see something like a keto fat bomb and think, oh, if I eat that higher fat, somehow that helps me lose body fat. And so they're just, it's kind of like combining a bunch of different misconceptions. And so I see that, I see that quite a bit actually. So if you're eating a keto fat bomb, which from what I've seen, the keto fat bombs are just these little like one or two bite snacks to sustain a person doing this diet. And it's made of very high fat food, like maybe butter with some kind of artificial sweetener and some flavors and whatever nuts and... Okay. I'm not going to lie. It sounds really good. I don't think I would mind something that tasted like a very, very high fat chocolate chip cookie with some sugar-free chocolate. Dip it. I, I, I'm not going to say that wouldn't be delicious. I'm just talking about the facts here. And I want to say that if you are not doing the ketogenic diet 
as it was intended, and I'm not even saying I'm promoting the ketogenic diet the way it was intended, but if you think you're doing the ketogenic diet, but you're not really understanding what it is, and then on top of that, you are eating these very energy-rich because they're very fat-dense foods, well, what are you doing to that energy balance that we've talked about? You're increasing the amount of energy you're taking in a lot and maybe not compensating with that throughout the rest of your day with your energy intake, okay? So just because something's touted as healthy or the new thing um, or you eat this high fat and you're going to lose belly fat, which is just very silly, um, remember... We've talked about if you want to go on a sustainable, gradual, healthy way of losing weight, it's just about energy balance. We just need to be using a little more energy than we're taking in each day over time. So let's stop here with the data and and figure out how we can just put this all together in your everyday life, in your very busy life. How can we enjoy fats and allow them to do all of those functions in our body um, in a way that also prevents maybe some of that cardiovascular risk. Well, remember one thing um, above all is that although fats do have gram for gram, ounce for ounce, bite for bite, more than twice the energy of carbohydrates or protein, it doesn't make them bad. It has so many beneficial properties that I don't want you to be afraid of them. I would love to see you choose more of those unsaturated fats than those animal saturated fats. Again, not to the exclusion of animal fats. I mean, animal fats are yummy. We can have them. That's fine. Um, But a way to do that is just practicing maybe having smaller portions or less times a week of those fattier meats. Another thing is, remember I talked about we need fats to absorb some of those vitamins? Well, those vitamins are often in our vegetables. And so don't be afraid to use um, some nice oil, a little bit, you know, toss them with your vegetables before you roast them or you saute them or, or whatnot, or even top them with a little bit of those healthier fats to be able to get all of those nutrients in your body. Also, in doing that, remember, that will help it satisfy more. It gives it a great mouth feel. It helps you feel fuller longer. It helps take longer to digest. And of course, I'm a big fan of vegetables anyway for your health and all of those benefits. So yeah, some nice vegetables with some healthy oil in there. A little goes a long way with something like a fat. Also, I think it's great to start maybe experimenting and trying out recipes. Try substituting some of those um, solid fats for some of the liquid fats and see how it works. You might be surprised. It might be terrible. But, you know, I would say have fun experimenting. Now, as far as fish goes, the optimal amount of fish a week is like two servings. Each serving picture about, you know, the size of a deck of cards. Uh, If you can do that and add that to your life a couple times a week, I know fish can be expensive. So twice a week, you're going to be doing really well with that. Some cheaper forms of getting those are like canned sardines, canned salmon. They'll have some of those healthy fats in them as well. So that might be a, a less expensive way of doing that. Now, 
I'm going to end this all by saying something that you'll never hear me say again. I have said repeatedly that every food is allowed. There's a place for everything. There's nothing that's off limits. And the entire time I've been saying this, I have been waiting for this moment because I do have one exception that I have been wanting to tell you about, but it really only fit under the fats category. There is one substance, one type of fat that has no place in health. It is detrimental in every way, and I think we could just at this point call it toxic. It is so bad that it shouldn't even be found in America anymore. It has been banned as of 2018, and I believe the World Health Organization is trying to uh, help countries to ban it entirely by 2023. That is artificially made trans fats. Trans fats were created for two main reasons. One was actually for health purposes. They had discovered that those saturated animal fats were connected to heart disease, but that the plant fats weren't. And so they wanted to take the plant fats and use them in ways that they were using the previously saturated animal fats and just kind of replace them with a healthier option. The second reason to make them more shelf-stable and less expensive. I understand why it was done. Absolutely. You know, um, oils can go rancid. They don't have a forever shelf life. They have to be kept in certain temperatures. They can't get too cold. They can't be exposed to light and heat too much. And they can be expensive. And so... In the 20th century, there was a lot of work done to be able to make something that would work better for more commercial organizations, for the people who are making the processed foods, for restaurants, even for in our homes. We had Crisco. Well, what that was was a way of adding hydrogen atoms to plant fatty acids that would then make them more of a solid at room temperature. But God didn't make it. People made it, and it has had quite a backlash. So even though I've always said that all foods fit, every food can be part of a healthy diet, this is the one thing that I have been waiting to tell you is not part of that statement. Artificial trans fats. Now, again, you shouldn't really have a problem avoiding them now because they are supposed to be removed from the entire food supply in the United States. However... I still check labels, and if you would like to still check labels, the term you're looking for is partially hydrogenated. If you see the term partially hydrogenated oil, partially hydrogenated fat, partially hydrogenated, any type of of that, it has an artificially made trans fat in it. And you want to avoid that. If I ever see that, that will not come home with me. Now, there are naturally occurring trans fats in um, some foods, but that's not the same thing. This is the artificially made, partially hydrogenated oils. That's the one exception. You'll never hear me talk about an exception again unless you know research starts to show something else over time. But all in all, I want you to enjoy your fats. They have so much goodness to them, not only in the pleasure of the eating and the mouthfeel, the roundness, they carry flavors 
Um, They help us taste things. They have so many nutritional benefits to our body. And if you just keep that in mind, along with that energy balance mindset, you know, knowing that if I'm going to eat more higher fat foods, then maybe I'd eat less energy elsewhere in that day. And if you also try and maybe lessen the amount of the solid animal fats in lieu of some of those plant liquid fats or nuts, seeds, avocados, you're going to be in doing some good things for your heart health, okay? As research goes forward, it's very um, new. It's very new in looking at different types of fats and what they do in your body, such as, you know, there's a lot of new look at dairy. There's a, they're looking at coconut oil. So that may change. There may be different recommendations coming up and I'll certainly keep you abreast of those. Uh, but for now, I think that's the best practice. So I think that's enough for today for while you're driving down the street. Again, if you want to, you know, give me some comments or ask any questions, go to that truefoodfreedomandfaith.com and you can find that little section. Incidentally, uh, we're coming towards the end of December. So that half off December 21 coupon code for any services booked and paid in full through the end of this month, well, it's coming to a close. So it expires December 31st, 2021. But if you would like to, you can go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, click on work with me. And when you book your appointment, you can use the discount code December 21. That's all capital letters and no spaces, December 21. And until next time, my friends, please remember 1 Corinthians 10 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. 